freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 121 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, today our theme is, it's a jungle out there. While spending some time with my granddaughter recently, one of the uh, 50 or so movies that she wanted to watch was Jungle Book. And in that movie is this huge snake winding his way around his intended victim while singing Trust in Me. And as I watched the scene, I just couldn't help but be reminded of the voices of the rights restrictors who are always attempting to woo us through our movies, our media, and every message source they can think of to convince us to stop thinking and acting for ourselves and just trust in them. These rights restrictors have young high school kids, country music performers, actors, and late-night talk show hosts trying to erode our individual, our civil, and our human rights, including our Second Amendment rights to self-defense. They speak of things like universal background checks and common-sense gun control measures, and they distract us with emotions, always imploring us to just let big government wrap us up in a big boa constrictor's hug. And it is likely no coincidence that former President Barack Obama has expressed that his biggest disappointment in his presidency was that he didn't push forward more gun control. And now he and Michelle are in a storytelling partnership with Netflix. So Probably, if it's his biggest disappointment, and now he's got a chance to tell stories to influence and impact all of those who tune in to Netflix, he's, I mean, it makes sense. He's probably going to do it. Could you blame him? If it was your issue, you would do it too. So, what we can do is be wary of what you and your children watch. There is a lot of misinformation out there about our history and our rights and our Second Amendment. And it is all to be sifted and weighed because sometimes a hug is really a python's death squeeze. And it is up to us to be ever aware because it is a jungle out there. I see right restrictors. <laughs> that was well done, Dan. I appreciate that. All right. Well, our next guest is James Kaleda. He is the host of Out of Order Gun Rights Podcast. James is a lifelong Second Amendment advocate who is originally from New Jersey, and we welcome him to the show. James, are you there? I'm here, Cheryl. How are you? Very good. And uh, make sure I'm saying your last name correctly. Is it Kaleda? That's correct. All right. Well, you know, I was looking at the name of your podcast, and that's a little unusual, the Out of Order 
gun rights podcast. So I assume it has something to do uh, with, you know, those dramatic court proceedings where somebody shouts, you're out of order, right? <laughs> so I, uh, Very close, yeah. So <laughs> I, was, I was testifying at a uh, law and public safety committee hearing in Trenton, New Jersey, about five years ago, and uh, they had proposed 27 new gun control laws. And I was there testifying against them, and there was about 500 of us. Uh, they gave the five anti-gunners that showed up all the time they wanted to, to speak about why the law should pass, and then they restricted the pro-gun people to two minutes or less. And I got about 30 seconds into my two minutes, and the uh, head of the committee said, you're out of order. And I said, no, you're out of order. And apparently it was a... Famous line from a movie that I hadn't seen yet, and uh, that's awesome. It kind of became a nickname, so uh, it, it became the website, and then I procrastinated for five years before starting the podcast. Very interesting. And so, you know, somehow uh, thirty seconds in the time warp of New Jersey becomes two minutes. So that's interesting how that that works out. But why did you start the podcast, and who's your target audience? What are you hoping oh, to do? The, the time. Mm-hmm. The podcast? Hello? Huh. Are you with me? Hello, James? I think somebody's out of order. <laughs> it's the other kind of out of order. The phone broke. So right. it's, it's that kind of out of order. So um, he maybe is still with us. I think we're reconnecting. Is he there, James? I'm back. All right, very good. So I was saying, you know, what? Why did you start the podcast, and and who's your target audience? What are you hoping to do with that time on the podcast? Sure. I I was waking up every morning and just seeing gun owners represented in the news as this really horrible group of people, and I knew from my experience that most gun owners were really honest, hardworking, family loving people, and I wanted to. I wanted to showcase that. I wanted to change that negative stereotype that the media was constantly putting out there. And so I, I'd like to interview people that, uh, that, that you don't hear about in the news, people that don't fit the media demographic. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's very interesting. That's kind of what we try to do is reach that middle space, people who just aren't real sure, like, are guns evil? Are they good? You know, they're really searching, not, you know, there's because there's people that are already pegged out in one area or the other, and they're, they're really not hungry for information. But most people, I think, are still open-minded and, and hungry to learn something new. So what can your listeners expect on your future shows? Do you have, like, a, you know, a dream guest or a white whale that you just would really like to um, reach out to and have on your show? I... I really try to find the the hardworking people in in every state that no one's heard about. When I mm-hmm. when I started about this, I I knew about six or seven uh, grassroots activists in New Jersey that you know they, every weekend, every night they were doing stuff to help the Second Amendment. They were trying to find new people to teach them how to shoot, and I I imagine that there's people like that in you know in every state, and I I want to find them. Kind of the and, unsung heroes, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. And and I'd really like to find some folks 
outside the United States that that like guns. I know they're out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's not just all Americans that like guns, and you know everybody in Australia and the UK gave up. Uh, so I'd like to meet those folks, interview them, so I can get rid of that narrative too that it's only Americans that like guns. Right. Um, so true. Well, because our um, this show is on Star Worldwide Networks, so it's an internet-based network, we do have listeners all over the world. And when I check our our stats, I'm always, like, surprised. I'm like, wow, we are hot in Dublin right now. I mean, like, what is that about, <laughs> you know, Ireland? But, you know, people are hungry for freedom. They're hungry for liberty. And I think that um, when they're encouraged, when they can hear stories of, of what's going on here in America that, you know, we're imperfect, but we're, I mean, we still are the greatest nation for freedom that's ever been. So I think they, they want to be encouraged by that. And, and I'm excited to know that you're joining in that, um, sharing those messages with your out of order gun rights podcast. So I see on the, the guest page I made for you, every one of our guests, we make a page with pictures and links and stuff that I I mentioned that you live permanently in a 1991 Winnebago warrior I like the name of it it's a warrior yeah is there a yeah, that, story was, that was definitely a when I saw it on the side of the road uh, <laughs> you like that's uh, for me before I purchased it yeah so I was uh I living in New Jersey you know before I started the podcast uh you know after I had been thrown out of the hearing in Trenton uh I just had this sneaking suspicion that one day they were going to make something up and kick down my door and arrest me. And mm. so I was like, well, if I just move yeah. uh, right across the river to Pennsylvania, it'll be a little bit harder uh, for them to catch me. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, about a month after I moved, they you know, uh, issued charges. Uh, state police were standing outside my door with guns drawn. What? Uh, they kept me in jail for seven days, just what? long enough to keep me from testifying at the next group of gun control hearings and you know about a year later dropped all the charges That's and insane. so after that i was like, well i guess moving isn't really the answer so now now i have the the winnebago and i i know they'll still be able to find me but i i just think i'll have a day or two head start and easier to negotiate for my freedom on the move than it is if i'm in in one fixed spot wow um, that's, it does make getting bandwidth difficult at times. But, well, that's uh, true, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that, but that is crazy. A, you know, I'm sitting here saying, you know, freedom and, you know, liberty and we live in America, which is the greatest. And and you are trying to live in a mobile way so that you don't have guys kick your door down and arrest you just to keep you from testifying because New Jersey. I mean, what? How, how yeah, do those things and, line up? Yeah, and and New York, and it's a it's a scary thing that it it spreads. That you know, it's you know, I, I moved to Pennsylvania, and shortly after I moved to Pennsylvania, they ended their reciprocity agreements with all of the, you know, uh, for the concealed carry licenses for other states. I'm like, well, that sounds like something New Jersey would do, you know. And mm-hmm. then we elected a Democratic governor, and mm-hmm. now we were one of the eight states that's suing to stop 3D guns being printed, mm-hmm. and it's. It spreads. So uh, voting we, matters. We are staying. the greatest country. We are the, the most free country, but we have to work really hard to, to keep it that way. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I keep thinking, I, I want to give, well, my son's 11. When he turns 18, I'd like to give the country to him and just slightly more free of a state than when I got it. Legacy. And Amen. 
I think it's going to be a, a constant struggle because there's always pressure out there Absolutely. in one form or another to add more laws to take a little bit more of the freedoms that we have away. Absolutely. Well, we have to run, but um, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing a bit of your story. And I just encourage folks to uh, look up your podcast. And just as we go out, please tell folks how they can follow your work. James Kaleda of Out of Order Gun Rights Podcast. James? We lost him. So, Cheryl, would you uh, say his name and his website? Absolutely. So it's James. Thanks, James, for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm just pulling it up here to be sure that I say it right. Out of order. JamesKaleda.com. And Kaleda is K-A-L-E-D-A. Very good. Thank you again, James. We appreciate it. Well, stick around. We have in studio our friend, Arizona DPS Trooper Ed Anderson. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. 
And if you've missed any portion of this show, please be sure to check out our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, all 120 other episodes. You can put uh, a face with a voice if you click the Guest tab. You'll find bios and links and photographs of all of the guests we've ever had on. And right now, sitting beside me is our friend and in-studio guest, Arizona DPS Trooper Ed Anderson. Now, you probably remember his name because he was the police officer who was wounded and pinned down in a shootout on a lonely stretch of desert highway here in Arizona. He is with us today still because of the quick and decisive actions of Thomas Yoxall, a responsibly armed citizen. Well, we are always excited to have an opportunity and an excuse to hang out with you, Ed. So thank you for making the drive into the studio and being here with us. Well, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And first of all, thank you for your service. And second, you know, there has been a rash of police shootings all across the country. I've got the newspaper here in front of me here locally. Um, Young 24-year-old trooper Tyler Edenhofer was... You know, just trying to stop some crazy person from throwing rocks at cars on I-10. And, you know, a scuffle happened. His I don't know whose gun, but the bad guy wasn't armed, but became armed and then shot this poor young officer. Um, You know, and you're a survivor of something so similar, even though in your situation, bad guy did have his own gun. But some people's answer to that is fewer armed citizens. You know, thankfully, one of those citizens happened to be in the right place at the right time to offer you help and fight off the bad guy. But what do you have to say about that? Well, I just met Tyler about three weeks ago uh, with Sean. Uh, he was the uh, trooper training him. So uh, I got to meet him for about f- 10 or 15 minutes. He seemed like a, a young, energetic uh, get-goer. Mm. So it was unfortunate that a situation like that came up came about but Mm -hmm. uh you know in law enforcement if there's somebody that's a good guy or a good person they're going to tell us that they have a weapon on them Mm -hmm. it's the it's the suspects or or the bad people that that won't tell you anything and and those are the people that we worry about absolutely so ed how long were you were dps when the shooting happened no how long have you been uh 28 years now 28 years. And so before the, the incident that happened to you in Tonopah, what did you think about citizens carrying guns? Uh, I didn't mind citizens carrying guns. Like I said, uh, when when somebody has a gun and they're law-abiding, they tell us right away, hey, I got a gun in my car, and, and we deal with it that way. Uh, when they're looking around and, and they're thinking about doing something, that's when we, we start to get... Uh, a little bit nervous right absolutely but you wouldn't be here today if it wouldn't have been for that armed citizen absolutely thomas uh we had breakfast this morning <laughs> he's awesome uh, so thomas came out he didn't hesitate uh it was fortunate in my shooting that the suspect only had one round mm-hmm. but it hit me perfect so i couldn't draw my rep, my weapon uh but uh he actually uh, shot him three times before he actually expired mm-hmm. and he and he didn't 
he didn't expire from the gunshot. He expired because he bled out. So. Mm-hmm. You know, an interesting thing to, and this is what you need to think about. Uh, they shot his your shooting arm. You you had no control of your arm for shooting. So maybe it would be good to train on both arms, both hands. Yeah, we did that. Uh, we did that in the past in the '90s. We were training. Uh, how to cross draw i did try to cross draw that that morning but i just got a new holster about three weeks prior to that and uh the holster that i had i had to come straight out of the holster and and for some reason i couldn't get it out with my left hand mm-hmm. before right. he jumped on me but had a lot of holsters he designed that way so that somebody else can't get your gun out of your exactly yeah which may be the case that happened here just a couple of days ago Right. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure of the facts on on Tyler's yeah, incident, either. so I don't want to go into that. Right. Sure, much. sure, sure. Well, so you know, when we listen to the media of any sort, right, and then there's even the the ACLU, they tend to focus on law enforcement, but as though the law enforcement are the bad guys. What? What? And and it feels like it's a trend. Like that was not the case when I was you know, in high school or younger. And now the minds of our young people, our next generation, I think are being filled with the, the wrong and incorrect messages. What, why do you think this is happening? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, being in law enforcement so long, I noticed uh, a drastic change in people after the economy tanked in 07. Hmm. Starting in 08, 09, and 2010 where people started losing their houses and started losing their jobs they started to become more frustrated and and agitated i would say Mm -hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right uh you know i can give you an example of i was out there uh monitoring traffic at 3 a.m i got a car on on radar at 92 out there took me almost six miles to catch them I didn't. I couldn't see inside the car, but when he rolled down the window, the first thing he said is, "You stopped me because of my color." Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> "It's three o'clock in the morning." I can't see your color. <laughs> I can't see you. You went by me so fast, my radar barely picked you up. So those are the things that that uh, law enforcement is dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Right, and you know we um, watch these YouTube video. I guess are YouTube videos of people that, you know, God love them. They want to be you know, libertarians, and they want to say that, you know, freedom, freedom, and by the way, freedom. And I get that. But I hear them saying the the craziest stuff and the most, um, they're just combative type stuff to police officers who stop them for, you know, whatever reason. And, and instead of just, you know, being polite, and I'm not saying roll over, um, but just be polite and, and you know, compliant at the time. If the officer's done something bad to you, take it up in court later. But they sit there and they start spouting off how, you know, I'm a sovereign citizen. I don't know what these things are, they say. But, and I'm thinking, you know what? That guy, that police officer, he just wants to be out here to keep people safe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've run into a couple people, sovereign citizens, and uh, those are, they're difficult to, to deal with. Uh, not only do they don't want to get license or registrations, I mean, they actually want to, they're against the government altogether. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can hurt you at any time. 
And maybe they don't want to drive on those roads then that the government yeah you know, until until they have a flat tire and 110 <laughs> degrees and a DPS officer comes and gives them assistance yeah exactly. I think, you know then then it's different right and right. I think just don't don't lose your minds about it you know and and understand that officers have uh, wives and kids and grandkids and lives and you know they they're just trying to do the best job that they can they're not out there to to harass I when mean we there's were, a bad apple every once in a while but. Right. Absolutely. Well, when we were kids, we were taught as soon as I got my driver's license, if you get pulled over, keep both hands on the steering wheel, roll down your window, keep both hands on the steering wheel, tell the officer, you know, just do whatever they ask you to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. If they're wrong, we'll deal with it later. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we need to be. Absolutely. Well, we kind of leaned already into the next question I had, but you know, we hear stories that, that make national news and it seems like citizens get involved in these situations with police officers because they simply don't know what to do they weren't taught what dan was taught you know just keep your hands where everybody can see them you know don't make furtive movements don't you know start perspiring you know profusely and looking like something's wrong um you know what advice would you give to people because you've been on both sides you've been a passenger in a car you've been a driver of a car and you've also been the the uniformed officer who's had to interact on the outside of the car well, you touched on it earlier. Just comply. Uh, if, you, if you're getting an order from an officer, just comply. You can settle it in court if, if you think you're not guilty or if the evidence doesn't uh, show that it's warranted. Uh, but when people start to run and they start to go in their pockets, mm. uh, as an officer, we don't know what they're going to be doing. Mm. And even one of the, the people from the ACLU that went to Sheriff Joe's training, uh, when he went through seminitions, a guy reached back for his wallet and he shot him within a second mm. on seminitions. So uh, you have a split second to make a life or death decision. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand about that. Right. And remember, the officer doesn't know the situation. He has mm -hmm. to get everything to order. He's going to put you in a safe position mm -hmm. so that he can uh, evaluate everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're about out of time, but I so appreciate you coming in and you know i just I, I love the friendship that you and thomas have developed out of you took something that was so awful and you've made something so beautiful out of it by by the bond that you have and that you share and and the friendship that's developed out of that and he is passionate about supporting law enforcement officers and you are passionate about supporting law enforcement so what's a way that the average person could whether whether it's money whether it's time whether it's a kind word like what what's a way that people can do that well always a, a kind word these days will be helpful uh if you see somebody out there uh you can support the 100 club with with getting their license plate like uh i've been doing uh you can support cops by getting their license plate uh that's just uh, an annual fee and portions of that goes to to them every time when something like what tyler happens and then they can support the family on that. that's awesome thank you and so you the guys do a great club. job also well thank you i thank appreciate you. that it's our honor um well thank you so much for coming in it's always great to see you ed anderson azdps trooper ed anderson Thanks a lot, Cheryl. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, stick around because we still have the Cat Ainsworth coming up on the other side of these messages. She's a freelance outdoor writer, but also the hunting editor at The Truth About Guns. Stick around.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest is Kat Ainsworth. She is a freelance outdoor writer and also hunting editor at The Truth About Guns. Kat is an ardent Second Amendment rights advocate, and her first book on handgun hunting will be printed and coming out this winter with Skyhorse Publishing. Welcome to the show, Kat. Are you with us? I'm here, Cheryl. Fantastic. Well, I know it was hard to have a chance for you and I to align our calendars because you are one busy kind of lady. And you just finished three big trainings, MAG-40. I'm so jealous. MAG-40, Active Shooter, and Northwest Tech Con. Holy cow. Tell us a little bit about those. Well, it was a string of training courses that all took place at the Firearms Academy of Seattle, which is located in Onalaska, Washington State. MAG-40 is, of course, Mass IUBS. Uh, four-day class, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Active Shooter was hosted by the Polite Society, 
and taught by Marty Hayes and Bill McCormick. They're awesome. And it wrapped up with Northwest TATCOM, which is, of course, run by Tom Givens and Lynn Givens, a range master. Oh, my gosh. And it is the first time they have had one of those in the Northwest. They're always in the South. Did I say I was jealous? Because I'm jealous. <laughs> I really... I it, have, go ahead. It was absolutely fantastic. You should come next time they do TATCOM, which uh, we're looking at 2020. Definitely. It should be another good event. Definitely. It was very smooth, and the training material was absolutely stellar. There was something for everyone, all skill levels. And I can't believe you did those back-to-back, because people that maybe don't train a lot, at least not this kind of training, they don't realize there is a lot of physical work and physical training that goes into this, as well as you know the mental work and the mental preparation um, so, I mean, you've got to need a nap right about now. I am absolutely ready for a nap. <laughs> I flew out there with seven guns and had some problems, ended up borrowing a couple guns. Oh, my gosh. Um, we were training in the uh, upper 90s, so oh. it, it was hot when we were out on the range. We were very happy to get back to the AC in the classroom. Uh-huh. It was worth it, but it, it was absolutely exhausting. Well, and that's, you said it was Onalaska, Washington, and you think when you're in Washington State, it's supposed to be, you know, overcast and a little, you know, drizzly, and it's supposed to be sweater weather all the time, and you're, you're telling me it was in the 90s. That is not okay. It, it was. It was 98, the last day of TATCON, and they are in the middle of a drought. Oh, geez. And I, I grew up in Washington State, so, mm-hmm. so it was a little weird seeing yeah. it dry and brown and just ridiculously hot oh man well so i want to talk to you about like northwest TACCON specifically as far as being beneficial maybe to females uh to to learn how some some better shooting uh training why would that be why would it be beneficial specifically to female firearms owners well for female shooters um lori bigley taught a training block made for women, um, mostly beginning shooters who still haven't really built their platform of basics. And I heard good things about it. It was a four-hour training block. Some of the female instructors um, out at FAS attended and said it was absolutely fantastic. It was full, which is always a good sign. Mm -hmm. And then Lynn Givens also taught a trigger control class that she was directing to women, which I did attend, and she used some techniques I have not seen before for mastering trigger control and ramped up at the end of four hours with the kind of tests you expect, um, shooting tight groups within a set amount of time, such as five shots in five seconds at five yards, mm. and you're shooting at a little playing card size spot. Oh, Wow. That's awesome. So there were there were quite a few things for women that would be beneficial, and I would like to see more women there. Um, I don't know the exact count, but I believe out of around 120 shooters, there were less than a dozen women. Oh wow! Huh. So That's I would not a good very ratio. much like to find a way to pull more women into shooting in general, but also into these events. Yeah. And to understand they don't have to be you know, well-trained, they can be beginners. If they are well-trained, there's always room to learn. Absolutely. And they're welcome at these events, absolutely welcome. That's that's fantastic. And I think that, you know, clearly 
we female firearms owners, we've always been here. We're and we are much more vocal now. We're much more visible in the last, you know, probably ten years. But um, now let's get into the training. You know, let's really uh, get out there and make sure that we are as educated and uh, trained as possible. But Speaking of that, what would you say your most useful live fire takeaway was from, let's say, the Northwest TACCON? From Northwest TACCON, I think the most useful to me live fire block was moving targets. Mm. It was taught by Belle McCormick. Um, She is an excellent instructor and a good shot. Uh, You don't want to face off against Belle in a match. (laughs) Um, it was useful because, at least for me, I don't get to do a lot with moving targets for self-defense. I hunt, but that's different. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that is useful for me is understanding the difference between hunting and self-defense training on moving mm-hmm. targets. It's worlds apart. Mm-hmm. And it was very useful to understand with different speeds of movement laterally, aiming at either the head or the A-zone of a target and exactly where my point of aim and point of impact would be, as well as learning different techniques. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lecture portion as well, right? There is, and it was hard to choose from all the lecturers because there were so many good guys there. Um, Tom Givens, of course, spoke. Lee Ween spoke about police civilian contact. And, of course, Mass Ayub gave a talk. Uh, my favorite lecture, though, hands down, was Dr. William April's uh, four-hour talk about violent criminal actors. Hmm. It was a look into the way violent criminal actors think, and he has just an amazing way of hammering home that they do not think like we do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And he would show you videos or pictures or talk about interviews he's done and then say, are, you know, are you angry now? How do you feel right now? And then follow up with, that is how they feel about you. Hmm. And he made an excellent point at the end that if you are going to be the kind of person who carries a gun for self-defense, first of all, you have to train appropriately. Yes. And he said, you have to be able to get down. Hmm. You can't hesitate. You can't flinch. You have to be able to fight. Yeah. It was just a wonderful lecture. Well, and also going along with how important it is to be situationally aware at all times. Like, we really can't ever completely let our guard down. Um, And when we're situationally aware, to be also cognizant of the fact that not everybody's brain is operating <laughs> the same way that that mine is and yours is just like um you were saying that he said that these uh these killers they're on a different wavelength and it's important to at least understand that at least to know that um so it, it is um One of our segments that we do every show is the Responsible Yarn Citizen Report, where we talk about a a real-life incident that happened. And today's just happened to be about a couple that worked together to save their lives. And one of the things that you and I were kind of chatting about offline was, you know, how important is it that couples learn to shoot together and train together? And couples could be, you know, father and daughter if they live together or you know, co-workers who work together. 
um, or husband and wife. That's right, Cheryl. It's, it is monumentally important to train as a couple or a team, and not just to train, but to have a plan. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend some time out at Gunsight Academy, um, not too far from you there in Arizona, mm-hmm. last awesome. summer training as a couple in shoot houses and on the range. And the, my big takeaway was communication is mm-hmm. absolutely key. You have to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. But that includes communicating in advance. Um, mm-hmm. Don't wait for the moment to happen because when it happens, it'll be too late. You yeah. need to have a plan in place, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And you need to be honest about your skill level and the skill level of your husband or boyfriend or partner, whoever you are training with mm-hmm. and who you might be out in public with when you're facing an attack. Mm-hmm. That is so important. And, you know, Dan and I have been married 33 years, and most of our conversations are like standing at the opposite ends of the house going, what? Huh? So we got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Do we still talk? <laughs> Only when we're on the air together, Oh, babe. that's right. I forgot. <laughs> so we've got to run, Kat. But please talk to us about your book really quick. So Hunting with a Handgun, that is super interesting. You know, it's one of my favorite ways to hunt, and it will cover hunting all sorts of North American animals, not just game animals, but predators and varmints with handguns. And that covers everything from revolvers to semi-autos, striker fires, 1911s. If it's a handgun, it's in the book. And it should be printing this winter with Skyhorse Publishing. Awesome. Um, It's been an absolute blast to put together. And it's also resulted in some great stories. So I'm looking forward to telling those down here down the road. And does it have a title yet? Right now, the tentative title is simply Handgun Hunting. Perfect. That'll be easy enough. All right. Well, we've got to run. (laughs) Thank you so much. You can run and have that nap now and rest up from all of your training out in 98 degree weather. Uh, But just as we go out, please tell folks how they can follow all that you do. Well, I'm a freelancer, so you can find me in everything from USCCA Concealed Carry Magazine to websites like range365.com. I am the hunting editor over at The Truth About Guns, Mm -hmm. so you can catch my weekly column and a few extras over on their website as well. Fantastic. Thank you again so much, Kat Ainsworth. Bye-bye now. And I think she's gone. All right, well, stick around because, as I was mentioning, that Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, it's coming up next. Don't go away. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? 
Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show that we get to talk about our everyday heroes, our responsibly armed citizen report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns 2.5 million times a year for self-defense, and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Today's story is an excellent example of how careful and aware we must always be at all times, no matter how mundane a task we're doing or how familiar we are with our surroundings. Picture an ordinary Friday afternoon as a man and his wife are shopping for their weekend meals. Something to toss on the grill, maybe a extra bottle of wine, some chips and dip for the late-night binge-watching marathon that they've looked forward to all week. These are things we all do and never give any thought to at all. When we're in our local store, picking up our usual groceries, chatting with our friend or spouse, planning our parties and meals, it is easy to let our guard down and to be complacent and less aware of our surroundings. Well, danger looks for just such opportunities. And on this particular Friday, recently in Georgia, danger brought along two helpers to stalk this couple making plans of their own for evil and violence and just certain that they would catch their prey off guard and unaware. But danger was about to find out that both husband and wife were armed, trained, and fully aware of the jackals watching their every move. This incident allows us to be reminded of so many lessons. It is an account to share with your friends who think you should just call the police if you feel that you're in danger. The reality is that 
danger rarely allows you or I the luxury of just calling the police. This story is to share with those who say that no one needs a large capacity magazine. Ten rounds is more than plenty, they say. Well, maybe it is if there's only one person trying to kill you. In this story, danger ran in a pack of three. And it is a reminder that the family that trains together and has a plan in place for when danger comes their way are able to keep themselves and each other alive, which thankfully is how Danger and his two evil sidekicks were stopped and lives were indeed saved by not one, but two responsibly armed citizens. It is the top story on 11 Alive this morning. Still, police say the tables were turned on three armed attackers who were following a couple at a DeKalb County grocery store. Those suspects ended up in the hospital after the couple they were following opened fire on them. You can see our chopper circling overhead at the Kroger near Wesley Chapel in South Hairston. Here's how police say it went down. A couple was doing some shopping and then went to the parking lot to leave when the suspects followed them out into the parking lot. Police say both groups had guns and a shootout started. One witness was in her car when those bullets started flying. I could not believe what was taking place right in front of me. There was one on the left, there was a guy on the right. He was just sitting in the car, and I noticed him in the yellow shirt. That was about it. Uh, the guy in the white T-shirt, he kept coming from behind the U-Haul back and forth. Like, he loaded his gun, he was shooting, he stepped out in front of me. As you can see, the way the car is aimed, if a few more minutes, he would have hit me instead of going back there. That is scary. Not what you expect when you go to the grocery store. Police say none of the victims were shot. They believe the group targeted the couple, but they don't believe the parties knew each other before this. I need a price check and ammo on, on aisle five. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? And, you know, it is scary to think that, you know, the tr couple that's trained, you know, they worked together, they communicated together, they, they were mentally prepared, they had their situational awareness. Um, you know, the bystander who's like, well, bullets are flying everywhere. You know, it, it's not necessarily the trained couple who are defending their lives, whose, you know, projectiles are, are going all off, and it's probably the other three. Either way, it's not an ideal situation. It would be terrifying to be involved in, especially if you're just sitting in a car and all of a sudden this breaks out. But these are the things that the, the rights restrictors try to point to to say, see, that's why you shouldn't have, you know, citizens shouldn't have guns. And it's like, okay, that's really, it's that's why bad guys are bad. What if they, they wouldn't have had things. guns? What if the... Arm, what if the citizen would not have had a firearm? Right. So then what would have happened? They would have been robbed, maybe shot. Right. We don't know. Right. Kidnapped. Who knows right. what was going on there? So anyway, and we have DPS, AZ DPS officer or trooper Ed Anderson still sitting here in the studio and I'm avoiding making eye contact because <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like, I have a thought or two on that. Do you? I always have a thought or two. <laughs> <laughs> Anything well, you want to share? Yeah. Hey, you have a right to defend yourself until you're proven that it wasn't your right to do that. So uh, I'm all about uh, the bad guys getting their, their mm -hmm. end of the, uh, mm -hmm. the spectrum when it comes to this. 
Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Because, you know, as we're listening to the lady in the car, and it's like, oh my, you know, that is terrifying to think that, you know, bullets are flying everywhere. But um, again, it's it doesn't negate our rights to be able to self-protect ourselves. So. Right. And it's, it's a hard thing. I mean, we don't know. We weren't there. We don't really see everything that's going on. But, you know, it's it's scary. It is. Well, this is when we usually have Dan's commentary you know, dan doesn't have a commentary today because you know there is so much ridiculous stuff going on right now <laughs> you know just ramp I, you I, right it, up it, it, it would be more of a really big heavy rant so i'm just trying to be cool but you know there's a lot of things going on we've got issues with 3d printing you know anyone that turned on the radio knows about the 3d printing mm-hmm. and um cody the guy that Wilson. Wilson invented this uh, system for sending out how to build a, a gun on your 3D printer, okay. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been fighting the case for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all the way when Obama was president mm-hmm. and the DOD uh, pretty well put a Settled. stop to it. Oh. And they sued them. Right. And um, they finally backed off and refunded all the money to Cody. Or well, at least part of, of part of the money. Thousand of it, yeah. Yeah, back to them, and you know they ruled that effective last night, which was thirty uh, first of uh, July. July, that you know he could send this list out again, and everything was cool. Mm-hmm. And just before midnight, they decided the government decided no, and we're going to put a hold on that. Mm-hmm. I think for forty five days they put a, a in, what do they call it? An injunction. A, a injunction or something. Or something. So it's like, okay, so what's the deal here? What what should we do? I mean, I myself personally think that if I want to build a 3D gun, I should be able to build one. But I am a responsibly, right. a responsible citizen. Mm. So I look at, okay, I could just go to Lowe's right now if we get off the show here and I could build a gun if I want. I, I have several guns that were built in a Cuba prison that were made out of wood that these guns actually function. They don't. You know, you can't go do a marathon with them, but, you know, they will work and do what they were designed to do. So, you know, could I take those guns and do something illegal with them? Of course I could, but I'm responsible. And I think that I have a right to have 3D printing instructions if I want to experiment and make guns, Mm -hmm. as long as I do it legally. Mm -hmm. So it's hard, but then what do you do about the criminal well, the that, criminal is always going to the, get their hands exactly, on right. whatever it is they need to, whether it's a pressure cooker. Or right. it, this is a very nuanced, um, a very nuanced situation, and it's going to play out for quite a long time with lots of different people weighing in. But one thing that's very clouding the issue right now is that this is a First Amendment issue, the, right. the suit between uh, Cody Wilson and the DOD. Um, the President Obama's uh, administration didn't like that he was being able to put plans out and he and Cody Wilson was saying look it's my right to be able to it's free speech to be able to put these plans out but the Obama administration is saying no it it uh, infringes on ITAR which is about exporting right and so really when the DOD settled with them it was just the First Amendment piece of it just saying yes you can put these plans out and now it's everything's really conflated together and it's really confusing to people. Like suddenly now we can do 3D printing? No, we were always able to do 3D printing. 
The only thing that's different right now is that uh, Cody can put these plans out that there's already a gazillion plans out there anyway. So before you completely lose your minds, do some reading. I need to do more reading. Dan needs to do more reading just to be sure we're all reacting about the right things. What we do know, more important than all the stuff we talked about today, about the straws in California. Oh, my goodness. Where's James? We need James for that. You know, the uh, the straws. They're going to make a museum of the illegal things, and in the center of that museum is going to be the last straw. Oh. <laughs> well you, played. Can you believe that? Well I could be played. driving to California, and I could get pulled over, and there could be a, a straw from one of my Chick-fil-A visits going in the back to, of my going truck. Going to jail, sir. And I could go to jail for Go Going to the slammer. Forget about the 15 handguns I got yeah. in the front seat. But you know <laughs> Stop it. All right. We got to go. Thank you so much to our tech crew, to our listeners, to our guests. Uh, We value you so much. You're so important to us. And thank you for listening and being a part of what we do. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Mm. Even the ones you don't like. Even the ones that enforce these straw laws? Uh, Especially for the ones that want to enforce the straw laws. Okay. Um, (laughs) Have a great week. Just no straw purchases, okay? Okay. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.